Welcome to the Abundant Life Podcast. This is Pastor Derry. Today we feature another powerful message by Pastor Edward Anderson titled Exploratory Surgery. Listen in, take notes, and I'll talk with you at the end of the podcast. Whatever you want to use today, or if you don't have those things, you can look on the screen and then the scripture will go up there. Go to Psalms chapter 37. Verses 1 through 7, amen? You can get ahead of me if you want to. Look at the title of the message called Exploratory Surgery. Exploratory Surgery. And I looked that up to see exactly what it was. And simply it's a diagnostic method used by doctors when trying to find a diagnosis for an ailment. Usually it's an abdominal ailment, abdominal pain. The x-ray can't find anything, but then after that, they try to do an MRI to get more clarity on what's going on down the inside. Now, I had an MRI experience, and it wasn't a pleasant one. I don't know about you guys, but, you know, the x-ray was fine. I was cool with the x-ray. They said, well, we can't find it, so we're going to send you to this uh, imaging center and go through MRI. I'm like, cool, no big deal. I can do that. I got Jesus with me. I can do anything, right? (laughs) They got me in that too. I'm like, okay, 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 get me out of here. Okay, okay, okay. I can handle that tube, y'all. I thought it was like a car wash, you know, big old car wash you go through. When I got that tube, I was like, let me out of here. I couldn't take it. So again, MRI, they may notice something, and they can't confirm what they see. So they'll go ahead and they'll recommend that you do exploratory surgery to confirm what they may see on the uh, MRI. But now medical technology wants you to do something a little better than that, which is called preventative medicine. Amen? Amen. Preventative medicine. Right? And it's important for us to do that. Now, keep in mind, all God wants from you is to be well. That's his will, for you to be well. Whether it's the miraculous healing or you go into a physician and get treated for whatever you may have. Because all God wants you to do is be well. Amen? So some of the preventative medicine consists of an annual physical. Brothers, I know the sisters take care of that, but brothers, we don't like to go get checked out. But we need to. It consists of sometimes abdominals. You know, they check your abdominal or they look at your skin, your hair, your nails. Then there's that more invasive procedures. You know what I'm talking about, Brother Carl? You might not have a cold, but they're going to have you cough. <laughs> you know what I mean, don't you? Yeah. And then if they go to that closet and pull out that glove, you know what's next. And you know, us brothers, we, we don't want to go through all that. But again, it's important that we go and get uh, proper treatment to find out what's going on with our temple. Amen. You say, I'm in faith. I'm in faith. Well, if you're in faith, that's good. But now go and see if your faith is working. Amen. Go get checked out. Amen. Amen. And then I found out when you get older, when I was young, I was quick to get a physical. When you hit that 50 mark, they said, now I recommend go get a uh, colonoscopy. Yeah. Yeah. Woo! <laughs> but I thank God for Cologuard. They come to your door. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, boy. But I'm not recommending that. I'm recommending whatever doctor tell you to do, you do. But I thank God for Cologuard. <laughs> Woo! 
But at the end, they always going to do one thing and give you a blood test. Always. No matter what, you're going to get your blood drawn somehow. Because in Leviticus 17, 11 says, for the life of the flesh is in the blood. So when they put that blood, they're going to examine, they're going to say exactly what you're going through. So today's uh, message is about you going through a spiritual examination. Amen. Amen. Because God wants to see where you stand with him. He knows where you stand with him, but you won't know where you stand. Amen. Amen. Don't be deceived. Don't think more highly than you ought to think. Because something can come your way and knock you off your feet. Amen. Amen. Now, there's four different learning styles. I'm going to go through all four of them today. Because I want you to really get exactly what I'm trying to say. I know I talk fast, but I'm going to slow it down. I'm going to give you all four learning styles. Because some people, can do it, they can get it by visual. They can see it, and they got it right away. Amen? Or some people, if, uh, they hear it, they can get it, or you can read something and get it. Or then you got to touch it, kinesthetic. they got to put their hands on it. But I'm going to give you those learning styles so you can get what God is saying to you today. Amen? Amen. So you should already be at Psalms 37. I gave you a head start. Now i got to get there. Amen? Amen? Psalms 37. Yeah, pastor, get there, get there. We're going to begin reading in verse number one. And it simply says, fret not thyself because of evildoers, neither be thou envious against the workers of iniquity. For they shall soon be cut down like the grass and wither as the green herb. Trust in the Lord. Again, Trust in the Lord and do good. So shalt thou dwell in the land, and verily shalt thou be fed. Delight thyself also in the Lord, and he shall give thee the desires of thy heart. Commit thy way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. And he shall bring thy righteousness as the light, and thy judgment as the noonday. Again, rest in the Lord. And wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices. So again, this passage of Scripture is talking about trusting. So the question I'm asking you today, are you trusting or are you worrying? Are you trusting or are you worrying? Are you trusting Or are you worrying? Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. And lean not to thy own understanding. And the key operative word there is all thine heart. That means you can trust God with part of your heart. (laughs) You got one foot on God, trusting and believing him. And the other foot on worry over here. And I'm telling you pretty soon you're going to turn the splits and you're going to hurt something. But it says, trust in the Lord thy God with all thine heart and lean not to your own understanding. When it says, fret not, it simply says, do not worry. Jesus put it a little differently. He says that, take no thought in Matthew 6, 25. Take no thought for what you got to go through in life. Don't worry about these things. So in Psalms 3 and 5, it says, trust in the Lord And verse 7 says, rest in the Lord. Again, are you trusting or are you worrying? 
are you trusting or are you worrying? I said, are you trusting or are you worrying? Adversity, you're going to find out, are you trusting or are you worrying? So this passage of Scripture has a contrast between worrying and trusting. So that means that you can't trust and worry at the same time. One's going to notify the other. Let me me define to you what worry is. It's a concern about the past, present, or future. It's the distrust of the ability of God, willfully and faithfulness of God to perform for you. And it results in our unsuccessful attempts to handle the matter on our own. I'm going to say that again. It's a concern about the past, present, or future. It's the distrust of the ability, willingness, and faithfulness of God. And it results in our unsuccessful attempt to handle problems or matters on our own. And whenever you do that, you're going to be unsuccessful. Let's go to Deuteronomy real quick because I want to show you that God does examine the heart. Deuteronomy chapter 8. And we're going to see that God does scrutinize the heart. Now, people say, well, does God test you? (laughs) Interesting question, isn't it? Well, when someone gives you a test, they're trying to find out something about you. God knows already all about you. <laughs> so the test is really show yourself about yourself. Amen. Deuteronomy chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. And it simply reads, And all the commandments that I command thee this day shall ye observe to do, that ye may live and multiply and go and possess the land which the Lord swore unto your fathers. And thou shalt remember all the way which the Lord thy God led these 40 years in the wilderness to humble thee and to prove thee to know what was in thine heart. See, God knows what's in your heart, but you don't know what's in your heart. We think we do, but the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked above all things. Who knows the heart? God does. And he tries the heart. He wants you to see exactly where you stand with him at. So are you trusting or are you worrying? Are you trusting or are you worrying? Examinations. One part of the examination I did not discuss, and it's called the high blood pressure test. (laughs) The blood pressure test. How you doing? I'm doing fine. And they put that cup on you. You find out how well you're doing. (laughs) Those two magic numbers. The first is called the systolic blood pressure. It measures the pressure in your blood vessels when your heart beats. The second number is your diastolic blood pressure. It measures the pressure in your blood vessels when your heart rests between beats. Like mine right now is 124 over 80. I'm good. But it wasn't always that way. My pleasure was through the roof a lot of times, y'all. All right, it'll get there. <laughs> How 
high blood pressure, a way to test. You know, when you go to the doctor, they ask you to hide your weight. Have, have a seat right there, Brother Derry, Pastor Derry. And they put that cup on. They pump it up. It's so tight, you're like, how can my arm breathe, right? And then all of a sudden, he looks at the number, and I always ask, what did I get? Right? And when it's real high, he says, uh, we'll test it again before you leave. Remember that? That means something hitting it, right? <laughs> well, I looked at the cause of high blood pressure. <laughs> well, age could be a factor. Race could be a factor, right? And then family history. So in my family, it was high blood pressure going through everybody, right? I said, it's going to stop here, right? Excess weight. Now, <laughs> I thank God that we had that fasting for 30 days. And I did it. I, that 30 days, I hit it. Well, no, I'm at the 25 days of, of no food, no water. And I almost passed out. But I got there, almost. But my weight dropped. I lost 30 pounds on that time. That's what I said, too, but I put it back on. <laughs> but also, prior to that fasting, I had high blood pressure. Yeah, I was praying about it all the time. But when I did the fasting and prayer, my blood pressure started getting regulated. So, again, you know, your weight has an uh, indication that your blood pressure may be regulated, go too high. Not being in physical shape. No physical activity. Unfortunately, my job now, I can sit down all day and monitor my operation. And that's not a good thing, because that's what I do. I sit down and I monitor the operation. <laughs> Using tobacco. <laughs> I had one tobacco experience. I, I, ooh, Jesus. Okay. <laughs> my dad, he smoked from the age of 12 to two, he passed away at about 70, 80. 80 was it? 80. Right? So my sister and I had a great idea that, you know what, we're going to try to puff puff. So my sister, I'm blaming her, she went and stole my dad's cigarettes. Then we were probably in about the fourth grade. So we go to the back, right? And she lights it up. We don't know what we're doing. We put it in our mouth just puffing away. Well, my dad, he saw some smoke rising up. So he comes around the backyard and said, guess what? Smoked the whole pack. After that, me and cigarettes, they got nothing in common. But tobacco can also be a reason why you have high blood, or too much salt in your diet. Only a little dab do you? You know, we want to keep on sprinkling, you know? We want to sprinkle, sprinkle. Then I also found out, you know, having low potassium also can cause high blood pressure. But then the medical personnel came back with a different thing. Worry and anxiety. It can have detrimental effects on your body and your circulatory system. Worry and anxiety. They also said it can affect your mind. Worry can affect your mind, which can impact your will. Then the next step could be what we call a nervous breakdown. All because of worry. You know, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to give you an example. I want, I want everybody to think about this. If you lose your wallet or purse today, what's going to happen to you? Immediately, heart going to start pumping. It ain't going to have a regular beat no more. But now young folks, they lose their phone, they, their heart go crazy. <laughs> right? Worry. 
anxiety will cause your heart to be irregular, and that's not God's will for your life. God wants you to trust him. He wants you to know that everything you're going through life is already taken care of, saints. You don't have to worry about it. But we think we know better than God. So we got to add our worry to what God said is already done. <laughs> Trusting God. Now let's talk about what trust is. Trust is a firm belief in the reliability of God, his truth, his ability, his strength, his goodness. But it all begins with your belief. Trust is dependence completely on God's strength, his wisdom, and his ability. Brother Tracy, can you get my, my, uh, my prop, please? I'm going to give you the indication of what it looks like when you're not trusting God. When you're not trusting God. <laughs> Everybody know the story in Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to read it to you. Then I'm going to show you what it looks like. Matthew chapter 14. Other way, sir. Matthew chapter 14. And everybody blames this young man and says, uh, Pope Peter. Pope Peter. But we're going to see what we're like. Thank you. That way. Straight ahead that way. Hey, uh, God bless you and keep you. Matthew 14. Beginning in verse number 25. And it simply reads, And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when his disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out with fear, with worry. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, come. And when Peter came down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, when he saw his kids out of control, when he saw his family member not operating the way they're supposed to be doing, when they saw they lose their job, he was afraid. He got worried and beginning to sink. And he cried, said, Lord, save me. He said, Lord, save me. Peter, Lord, bid me to come. So Peter began to walk on the water. But then when he got into unfamiliar territory, he began to go back down to where he was comfortable in the ship. You cannot be in worry and trusting God at the same time. I'm going to say you cannot trust God and worry at the same time. Your Christian walk, it began with Jesus Christ. The Bible says that God has given to every man the measure of faith. That first step is the first step you take into knowing who God is. He gave you the measure of faith because God initiated the program. <laughs> See, we all was what? 
like sinners doing our own things. While we were yet sin, Christ died for us. That lets us know that he had a plan and purpose for us being in the earth realm. And the Bible says no man comes unless what? He draws us. Isaiah 53 verse 6 says that we've all, like sheep, have gone astray. Every man has done his own thing. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So let me give you an example. This ladder represents the kingdom of God. Everything outside is the world system. You, what you're familiar with. And yet we quote that scripture all day long. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. But yet we are more conformed to the world than we are to God's word and to God's system. This system is, is a narrow way because we know there's a broad way that leads to destruction. It leads to destruction, Brother Tracy. But God say, trust me in everything that you do and you say. There is a way that seems right unto a man, but it leads to destruction. So our first step of faith is what we take. And it's a simple faith. It's a simple step. You're not very high. You still feel comfortable right here. But the Bible says we go from glory to glory. We go from faith to faith. But again, it, we, we're not sure about this position right here because it's not, it's not stable for us. Because you know why? We are used to being in the system of the world. And keep in mind, this system is not really stable. We think it's stable, but it's not stable because you know why? We've been walking this way for so long, we think it is the right way to go. We think that being worried about things is right, but it's not right. And your body tells you it's not right when you'll get checked out. When you'll get checked out, your system says, you know what? Your pressure telling you, you know what? You are under pressure. But the word says... I will not allow you to go through things that you can't handle. But you got to be here and believe that. Because once you're down here, there's eternal legions. You cannot be in the kingdom and out of the kingdom. You must continue to believe God no matter what comes your way. You go to the doctor to get bad news, you got to still stay anchored here. I don't care if the wind blows, if it rocks, you got to stay right here. Because the moment you step down, you're operating on your own strength, your own ability, and your own wisdom. And God says, no, I want to be your anchor. I want to be your strength, and I want to be everything you need in this life. But you got to trust me. You got to trust me that this is able to handle no matter what weight you bring my way. No matter how much you weigh, I can hold you up. But you got to trust that. Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden. And he'll do what? He'll give you rest. You need some rest. And your rest has to come here. You can sleep right here. Because you're standing on the rock. Woo! Stable ground. The winds that verses may blow, but you're standing upon the rock. He wants you to believe. He wants your soul to be anchored in the depths of the reality that he is your truth. Everything around here is false. This world is a false system. I'll prove it to you. Standing right here, if the earth shook just 
I'm going down. Unstable system. But this is like bedrock. The earth can shake, but I'm still going to stand. I'm still going to stand. Go to uh, Psalms chapter 55. I'm going to tell you what it looks like for most of us when we believe in God and we doubt in God. We believe in God and we doubt in God. We can't trust and worry at the same time. Psalms 55, verse 22. When you get that, say amen. amen. How many fishermen do we have in here today? Anybody fish? Are you a bootleg fish or are you a real fisherman? Okay, good. And we got bootleg folks around here. Sorry, he a real fisherman. Okay. The scripture says, cast thy burden onto the Lord. Watch this. When you cast your burden on the Lord, hopefully you're right here in God. You're taking everything you have in life and you're doing what as a fisherman? You're casting it. Amen? But unfortunately, most folks reel it back in. He said, cast, he said, cast thy burden to the Lord. Then he goes on to say that he will do what? He'll sustain you. <laughs> He'll never suffer the righteous to be moved. But you can't cast it out and continue to reel it back in. Because you're worried about, is he going to take care of it? That's why you reel it back in. You got to cast it out there and just let it go. And know that the anchor of your soul is going to bring you back the results. The results you need. Don't fear, saints. Don't do that. You know, God is trying to get you to a higher level in him. You know, it's amazing that I, I was really afraid to go on this ladder, to be honest with y'all. I, I haven't climbed a ladder low. Ask my wife. Okay. Winter time is coming up. And we all got honey-do lists. Right, brothers? Well, one of my honey-do lists is clean the gutters out. We have a three-story house. Them gutters ain't get clean. Because that means I got to go on the roof and clean them gutters out. But it's, it's amazing. As a little kid, I would jump roof to roof like it was nothing. And it's a big gap. One house is right here. There's a big old gap. Another house right here. I wouldn't even think about it. So why do you think about, will God come through for you? Why do you try to negotiate in your mind, God's not going to come through? God is consistent. The same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. His circumstance will change, but God will never change. He's always going to be the anchor. Your, if you allow him to be the anchor of your soul. So your soul, let me, say, let me just deviate, is not born again. Let me say it. Your soul is not born again. Your spirit is. That's why Christ said your spirit is willing, but your flesh is weak. So when Satan comes against you or circumstance comes against you, your mind begins to rationalize. Did God say that? Will God come through for me? So the war really ain't about Satan no more. The war more likely is about your soul and your spirit. <laughs> That's why he said, don't be conformed to this world, but have your mind renewed. If your mind's not renewed, you're going to fall victim to always worry and doubt what God has said. 
God said, by his stripes, you're healed. Your mind says, no, the doctor said this. My x-rays say this. My friends died of this. See, your mind is not renewed to what God has said in his word. You have to allow the Holy Spirit to govern you. Every aspect of your life. Not some things, but everything. Because if you don't do that, you in charge. And if you in charge, you in trouble. Well, look at the world. They think they're in charge. And we're in trouble. We have to allow God to be in charge. When God's in charge, there is no chaos and anarchy. Proof text. When Satan got dismissed from his place of residency, heaven went back to where it was supposed to be normal with no malfunctions. He came down here and guess what? Chaos and anarchy. So if you allow God to come in and clean out things, <laughs> things will be clean for you. And you won't worry about what tomorrow holds. You will trust this ladder to stabilize you. You won't mind going up and stay, continue to go up. You'll continually just go in his grace. You'll continually go higher and higher. But when adversity happens, think about many Christians, the ones you know. Not here, but the ones you know. <laughs> when adversity happens, they go back down. You don't see them in church anymore. They go back doing things their way. And now they're a believer, but now they're in Satan's dominion in the world. Now they're back functioning as a believer, but they don't have divine jurisdiction because they're not trusting God. They're trusting their own ability now. They're trusting their own wisdom. They're trusting their own counsel. But when you're right here, no matter what comes your way, God and his eternal mercy and grace will hold you. The winds may come and go, but you'll be stable right here. You'll be stable right there. What are you building your house on? Are you building upon your intellect? Because most folks think I got a degree now. I'm going to make it. You know, unfortunately, when we do the homeless things, they got degrees too. I mean, higher degrees. I was like, I don't have that. You must, no matter how far, and I'm not knocking education. Go get your degree, please. But use your degree, believe in God for whatever you're trying to get to in life. Because he's going to open doors that no man can shut no matter what. It's him and him alone. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your understanding because your way will lead to destruction. Don't worry. Sister Mary, she, I don't think she ever worried. I mean, she just sit there like, well, peace of God be all upon her. The peace of God. That's what you need is the peace of God. He said that be anxious for nothing. But before he said that, he said rejoice in the Lord. So that means I got to be with the Lord to rejoice in the Lord. See, if you're not with the Lord, I guarantee the system is taking you down a road that is not going to be good for you. 
God has a plan. He has a purpose. He has a destiny for your life. But you must trust him. You must believe that God has everything under control. No, no, I said everything under control. Not some things, but everything under control. We think that when Christ went to the cross that God was asleep. But the word said that he was slain before the foundation of the world. That means the moment the enemy messed up, God's plan was already in action. So therefore, if God had a plan to redeem you and he puts you to earth, that means God had a plan for you to get you through whatever you're going through right now. It's only a light affliction. <laughs> but it's going to work out a way heavier, glorious weight for you. I guarantee you, if you go through whatever you're going through, anchored in him, you're going to know God more intimately and personally than you've ever known him before. That's what Job said. He said, man, I thought I knew you, Lord. Now, nobody in here went through what Job went through. Nobody. He lost his uh, income, he lost his kids, and then he was smoked with boils. Now, none of us, not all at one time, you may get a little bit at a time, you know, but this man went through it all. But why did God allow that? I thought you loved me, Jesus. Why am I going through this? God knows how much you can take, first of all. And the second, he knows how to get that heart right with him. God has a way of allowing adversity to come your way to get you closer to him. Don't run from God. Run to God. When adversity hits you, run to God. His plan, his purpose, his destiny already worked out for you. I don't care what the medical staff has said. I don't care what the economy is saying. God is in control. Will you allow him to be in control, though? Or will you wrestle with God? You can't wrestle with God. Jacob tried that. That brother left with a limp, a permanent limp. You cannot outthink God. There's no wisdom, no counsel, no understanding against the Lord. And therefore, that means there's no plan, no scheme, no assignment of the enemy can go against you because you are belong to God. But you got to stay anchored in God. You have to live in him and move in him and have your being. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. I quoted a little bit, but I want you to put your eyes on it. Sometimes when you see the word, it comes alive to you. Amen? Philippians chapter 4. We're going to begin reading in verse 4. You there? It says, rejoice in the Lord. What does it mean to rejoice in the Lord, y'all? Rejoice in the Lord. It doesn't say rejoice in your circumstances, your adversity. It says rejoice in the Lord. 
And this is the first time he says, again, I say rejoice. Then he goes on and says, let your moderation be known unto men. The Lord is at hand. Key verse. Be careful or be anxious for nothing. What are you anxious about, saints? What are you really worried about? What are you worried about? When the God of the universe has told you, I won't leave you, I won't forsake you, I'll be with you to the end of time. What are you really worrying about? That he won't come through? Okay, 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 he won't come through. Okay, 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 okay. Go back in history. When has God not come through for you? Rehearse that for a minute. Say lie, meditate on that for a minute. When has God not come through for you? See, but I'm going through something tough. Okay, go back in your past, rehearse that miracle, bring it up to modern day, he'll get you through this one as well too. You're going through that because the world is watching you. You're on display, believe it or not. You ever go to a uh, department store and see those mannequins? They're on display, right? They showing out that wardrobe to you. You know, it, but it got that perfect figure, though, you know, right? But it doesn't move. God don't want you to be moving because things are coming your way. He wants you to be solidly like bedrock, not moving. Amen? Let your moderation be known unto men. The Lord is at hand. Be careful for nothing, but in everything. But in some things, but in everything, by what? Prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Now, I know this is, un- this is unnatural right here. Thanking God for the adversity. The first thing most of us say is, why me, Lord? There's a song, why me, Lord? Why, why, why me, Lord? First question we ask God, why me? Why not you? You're a good candidate. If you believe you're a good candidate for why me, Lord, the reason why you is because God knows you, Brother Tracy. He knows how much you can take. That's what the word said. He will not allow you to be tempted or tested above measure. But there is always an escape clause. It's written in history. You're going to escape this one. If you just continue to trust me. If you continue to trust and believe me, you will get out of this one. You're going to look back and say, I went through that. My mind kind of wonders how I got over. Woo! How did I get through that one? You know, and sometimes you get consecutive stuff, back to back to back. And you say, oh, I can't make it through this next one. Then another one hits. And you look back, how did I get through that one? It was the mercy of God and his, just escorting you through it. You ever got an escort before? I mean, traffic is bad and all of a sudden everything opens up for you and you go right through it. That is what God is doing for you. He's escorting you through all adversity. He's walking you through it. But we got to stay anchored and not come back down, saints. And some folks 
They want to stay right here on the first step. <laughs> salvation is good for me, Lord Jesus. No, the moment you enter in salvation, you're a target. He don't care. Satan don't care if you're growing in grace with God or you stay down here. You're still a target. You might as well grow to figure out how to defeat them. I don't need church, Pastor Derry. I don't believe I don't need to go to church, but the Bible doesn't say that. It says, it says don't forsake the assembly. You know, when trouble hits and people don't go to church, first thing they do is call, let me call pastor up. They want to, that's the emergency number. Let's call a pastor up. Well, what the pastor's been preaching about, if you'd have been here last Sunday, you might have got it. Yeah. It's like, you know, you got medicine, right? And you know you're running low. You know you're running out of medicine. But I'll get it next week. And all of a sudden you forget to take your pill and all of a sudden you, you're acting kind of funny. You're acting kind of funny. You're walking with a different limp. That is like when people say, I don't need to go to church. And it's amazing. They, go, they stop going for the craziest reasons. Pastor didn't speak to me yesterday. I don't get it, Lord. I, I really don't. Or, or a pastor, who, he spoke to me the wrong way. But you know what's amazing? Your boss can go off on you. <laughs> and you will get up that next morning, put on your best suit and go right in there with no complaints. We're all growing in grace, y'all. I'm not perfect, but I'm so striving. I'm striving to get like Jesus. And I might, not, I might miss the mark. I'm going to prove it to you. Sister Rosie, I'm going to read you for example. Watch this. Pastor Jerry put me over the altar ministry. I'm an open book. I, I just talk about myself all day long. And Sister Rosina came to me and she said, let's do it this way. <laughs> she laughed because she knows where I'm going. I said, no, I'm going to do it this way. Right? She said, pray about it, brother. Pastor Edward, pray about it. I said, okay, I'll pray about it. A week went by. She came back to me again. Pastor Edward, what about this? I said, I prayed about it. So now I'm getting a little angry, right? <laughs> I elevated myself, Mrs. Tammy. But watch this, though. I ain't perfect. But I do walk with God. So one day, I was just sitting at home, minding my own business. Holy Spirit say, go back and apologize, Sister Rosina. But I'm, I'm watching her maturity level. She ain't down here. No, no, she's not down here. She up here somewhere. So I came to her. This is Rosina. I was, uh, I was off. I was off a little bit. She goes, what? She didn't even remember what I did to her. I, I, thought, I, I said, I did the A, B, and C to you. But she didn't remember. You know why? Because she wasn't holding the fence against me. And she kept continuing to show up to church. You know, the pastor spoke to me wrong. I ain't going back there no more. But she came in because she understood something that only God can teach her. And if you're down there on the bottom, God can't talk to you about nothing because you ain't going to believe him. <laughs> you can't understand anything down here. You're a babe. And you like being a babe. I wish my daughter would come to me and tell me to, 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 to carry her somewhere, big as she is. You better grow in grace, y'all. 
You want to go from glorious, per- you want to go from a babe to a mature saint. And it's not going to be overnight. And to get there, you will go through some things to get there. You will. It's a guarantee you're going to go through some things to go from the babe in Christ to that mature state. Now, down here, I didn't have much adversity, really, because I I guess God was just covering me. But the moment I kept stepping up higher and higher, I mean, it was like, what in the world? And you think that because you're going higher in God, nothing's going to happen to you. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You know what? At every level, there's a devil at every level. Don't be leveled by the devil at that level. The higher you go in God, you will be attacked. But I tell you what, there's enough grace to get you through it. God's grace is sufficient for you. You say, but what about tomorrow? Well, Take today's grace and don't worry about tomorrow. He'll have enough grace for you tomorrow as well, too. God's grace is sufficient, y'all. So be careful for nothing, but in everything, our prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And here it is right here. And the peace of God. Woo! I said in the peace of God. See, no peace with God, you won't have the peace of God. If you're not walking with God, you will not have the peace of God. And that's where that worry comes in, because you're out there floundering, not in Christ. But he says that, and the peace of God, which passes all understanding, so what? He will stabilize your heart and your minds through Christ Jesus. Oh, man. He said, I'll keep your mind. See, We want to understand everything we go through in life. You won't understand it all. Our class today, we had a great class today. I mean, it was tremendous. And I was explaining to them that there are certain things you won't understand, but you're going to do it anyway. And you're going to do it. Like, I turned the lights on. I can't explain how electricity goes through and turn them on, but I did it. I went there automatically turned it on. So I can't explain how God going to pick you up and carry you through what you're going through. I can't explain it. But because I can't explain it, I can't, you, you shouldn't, don't think because you can't understand how God does it, you don't, can't go through it. God will get you through it. And that peace, you can't explain that peace. And nothing, you can't buy that peace for sure. <laughs> Safeway don't have it. Albertson can't get it for you. Walmart, they're out of room. That peace only comes from God. Then he tells you some instruction to do. Finally, my brethren, you got to start thinking about certain things for yourself. Whatsoever things are true. Whatsoever things are true. Truth is, God loves you. Whatsoever things are honest, God can't fail you. What sort of things are just? What sort of things are pure? What sort of things are lovely? What sort of things have a good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, then he tells you to do what? Think on these things. 
See, if you're thinking on the wrong things, you're going to worry. You think about what God tells you to think about, you'll have peace. In this world, you're going to have tribulation. You know why? You're not in heaven. (laughs) In heaven, perfect peace. Down here, you're going to have trouble. You're dealing with certain things. You're dealing with the enemy. You're dealing with yourself. (laughs) Because a lot of times, the enemy is in me. It's in me, the enemy. I'm wrestling with things in my past trying to keep creep back up on me. I, I want to say this real quick. I, I'm, I'm, my daughter called me yesterday and said something about a racist activity happened in school. Now, y'all know I, I, got, I got a jet. I can get to Phoenix no time flat. So I almost went there. But the Holy Spirit said, you know what? Send my word there. Send my word there. This fight is not about flesh and blood, y'all. Amen. As a matter of fact, you can't beat everybody up anymore anyway. Amen. We're too old for them kind of fights. <laughs> it's not a flesh and blood fight. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, spiritual wickedness in high places. So if you're going to fight, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Know that you have words that can transform your arena. It can change your environment. Whatever you're going through, go through with the word. Oh, I got a little dust in my Bible. This is going to be okay. But go through it with the word. See, the word is the stability of your soul. Because we weren't there when Jesus died. But we can read it in the word knowing that he did die and he rose again. So if we have that truth to believe in, when God says, I will supply all your needs, that will stabilize your soul as well too. Repeat it over and over again. You know, I I used to go to prison ministry and it was, whoo, it was something. But one thing about prison ministry, I saw the same folks over and over again. I call them repeat offenders. God's telling me to tell you right now, he wants to see you be a repeat offender. That means stay in his presence over and over and over and over again until you get what he's promised you. I know God has promised you some things that you haven't received yet. And you're probably saying, Lord, it's been five years. Lord, it's been 10 years. Now, when you get to 20 years, you give up on it because it's too long, right? Lord, it's been 30 years. Why does God take so long for manifestation? <laughs> it's not God, it's you. The moment you pray, this is the confidence that we have in him. If we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us, then we know we have the petition that we desired of him. So what's the delay? Your doubt is the delay. You doubt that God can come through for you. 
And it's like going up and down that ladder. One day I'm believing God, and the next day I'm not believing God. So then we say it don't work. Prayer doesn't work, Brother Tracy. It doesn't work. Prayer works. I, I said prayer works. And if you get weak in your prayer life, find a saint who can pray that Jesus brings through. And that's why he can't be an isolated Christian. He like to pick them off one by one. Sniper attack. Stay bind, bind yourself together with a believer. Stay close to God. When doubt and worry comes, it'll flee. If only you stay committed to your walk with God. Don't come down. Go higher. This is only a six-foot ladder. Only six feet. But like I said, the higher I got up, I got nervous. The higher I got up, I got nervous. The higher I got up, I, I got nervous. See, the higher you get up, you may get nervous. Let me give you a nervous event. Pastor, I want to start your own church. Uh-oh, got to take one more step. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, Lord, not yet. I'll put it back in the drawer. No, no, I want you to start your own church. Okay, okay, Lord, I'm going to believe you. He's halfway there. I'm believing you, Lord. But Lord, how are we going to make it? I got you. I got you. And see, when you're free, you free, you just open your hands up. See, at first I was holding on. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, whoa, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Sweet Jesus. Oh, Jesus. But as you have confidence in him, you just go up higher. You know, like, okay, I got you, Lord. I'm, I'm letting go. I'm free. I'm, I'm letting go, Lord. Because you got me, Lord. I'm stable in you. I'm not afraid anymore, Lord. Fear has no place in me. I'm I'm on a solid foundation here. Go higher in God. Go go as high as you can in God. The higher you go, the greater of his glory you'll see. You'll see things that a normal Christian won't see. (laughs) Remember Elijah? Under attack. And the sidekick said, oh, we in trouble. He said, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. Up here, I can see a lot of things. But you down there, you can't see what I can see. Amen. He told John, out of Patmos, come up here. And then you'll see what's really going on. He thought everybody was because they died on the Isle of Patmos that everything was, no, no. He said, come up here. See from my perspective what's really going on in life. Yeah, there's some things up here I can see that you can't see. Invitations given, saints. He wants you to trust him with all your heart, with all your might and all your soul. Whatever you're going through today, trust it to God. Cast your burden to him and leave it there. You know, we go to the altar sometime and we, we, we go to the altar, we leave it at the altar and when Pastor Derry turns around, we pick it back up and go back home with it. We're going to lay hands on them. We put some oil on them. They pick it back up and take it home. 
This time I want you to leave it here. Leave it here and walk away knowing that God has taken care of it. He's already made a way where it seems to be no way. God, my prayer is that you open their spiritual eyes. Mm. Brother Tracy, can you move that please now? Spiritual eyes open. If you're here today, I, I want to make a quick altar call. You know you're worried about something in life. You have this trepidation about tomorrow, and tomorrow's not even here yet. And you're saying, today, I don't want to worry anymore. I want to trust you, God, with everything. If you're here today and you have some worry, I want you to come down here. We're going to pray for you. We want to just pray and believe God to alleviate that worry from your life. Amen. 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 Ah, yeah. Worry, worry, worry. Didn't come from God, saints. Did not come from God. I don't want anything that didn't come from God. There we go. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Worry. 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 We break it. Worry. Anxiety. We just saying today that no more. We're going to trust God all the time. Thank you for listening to today's message titled Exploratory Surgery by Pastor Edward Anderson, Associate Pastor of Abundant Life Worship Center. For more information about Abundant Life Worship Center, please feel free to check out our website at AbundantLifeWorship.net. On our site, you're going to find more information about us, our church, and events calendars, and you'll also find other messages that may be of interest to you. You can also check out our media page, where you can catch our live stream worship service any Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Pacific Time. Once again, the site is AbundantLifeWorship.net. You can also find us on our Facebook page at Facebook.com slash AbundantLifeWorship.net. Or even better, you can join us anytime you're in the city of Vallejo for our live worship service on any Sunday morning. God bless, and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. And until then, please remember that Jesus came to give you life, and that more abundantly.